Good afternoon, my friends. The doctor is in the house. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of To Your Health with Dr. G. My name is Dr. Mark Gomez. I'm a board-certified internal medicine physician practicing out of Edward Hospital in Bolingbrook, Illinois. Welcome back and happy Wednesday. I'm so excited for today's show because really we're all about continuing this theme that I started a few weeks ago. And it's really about this back-to-school health series. And today I'm excited to be talking about fall sports and injury prevention. Again, my name is Dr. Mark Gomez. You can check me out on my website, www.drmarkgomez.com. Check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. My handle is at toyourhealthdrg. So again, on this great Wednesday, we're continuing health. And that's really the purpose of the show. This purpose of the show is really about building trust and delivering truth. And I want you out there that's listening to really leverage me, look at me, um, look at my, leverage my, my, my connections. We really want to make sure that people have the right information because there's a lot of blatant uh, falsehoods out there and mistruths when it comes to healthcare. And health is kind of complicated. There's no doubt about it. But I want people to leverage the networks that you have in front of you. If you don't have that network, I want you to find that network. So again, I'm excited today to talk about the next series of health and again, back to school health, which is important. And a couple weeks ago when I launched a series, we talked about really the importance of us as caregivers. For me, as a father, um, as a parent, uh, my wife and I do the things that we can do to help our kids succeed in all aspects of life, and health is important. And when you know you have success with health, you will have success in your life. So without further ado, I want to just welcome you guys again. Welcome back to all the previous listeners, and welcome to the new people out there. We're excited to talk about health again today. But let me hit you with a quick disclaimer. The content of To Your Health with Dr. G is for informational and entertainment purposes only, and that the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Further details can be found at www.toyourhealthwithdrg.com slash disclaimer. And again, I want to give a thanks, a big shout out to our sponsors today, Zynex Medical Incorporated and Health on Earth Wellness Center, LLC. So each week, I gather a group of my expert colleagues and we talk about a different topic. So today, again, we're talking about fall sports and injury prevention. And I want to hit you guys with a couple stats out there because this is, a, this is an important topic because it's going to affect a lot of us that are caregivers. So here we go, straight from the CDC. You know I'm all about stats, guys. Uh, so 30 million teenagers and children will participate in some form of organized sport. And when we think about fall sports and injury prevention, high school athletes account for 2 million injuries per year, 500,000 doctor visits per year, 30,000 hospitalizations per year. So again, and in that population, of children aged 5 to 14, they account for nearly 40% of all sports-related injuries treated in hospitals. So we're going to talk about some of those stats on a little bit more of my panel today, but I want to hit home the point that, that we can prevent injuries. That's our goal today. But we can also talk about enjoying the sports and things that we're doing. A lot of kids are being active. we got a group of panelists on the, uh, uh, today that, that have children that are engaged in activities. So we're going to tell it right for you from the experts as parents uh, to make sure people out there have the right tools for success for their kids. So I want to welcome to the show my panel today, my first guest, Dr. Gregory Derrico. Uh, I've known Dr. Derrico for a long time. He and I go back to our days in med school together, even though uh, I went to Loyola and he was at Northwestern. Uh, it's all good. Uh, but um, well, we were at different medical schools, but we connected 
uh, a long time ago. We were both in medical school, started in the year 2000. And we connected as medical students just through the network of Chicago and being a young black uh, medical student connected with other individuals that are out there. And we've been uh, friends and colleagues ever since. He sees a lot of my orthopedic patients uh, in my regular private practice. And so I'm excited to welcome him to the show. Dr. Greg Derrico is a board-certified orthopedic surgeon with DuPage Medical Group. Check him out, www.dupagemedicalgroup.com. Dr. Derrico, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the invite. Hey, I'm excited to, I'm excited to have you here, man. This is, gonna be a, this, this is so important because you're a sports guy, I'm a sports guy, our next guest, Larry Love, he's a sports guy. So this is important, and again, as a parent, this, this topic hit, hits home with you. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about where you did your training, um, medical school, residency, uh, sports-related training. Go ahead and give sure. us your story. Sure. So I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Uh, I then went to the University of Michigan for undergrad. I have to tell everybody, I did go to Whitney Young for high school as well. All so right. So Chicago. Uh, right. Uh, after finishing up in Ann Arbor, I went to Northwestern where we uh, met uh, for the first time, came back home. I then did uh, my residency training at the University of Chicago and uh, then did fellowship training. So I'm a board certified orthopedic surgeon, but I took an extra year and to do uh, specialized training in sports and sports related injuries. Uh, and I was uh, lucky enough to go to Cincinnati to do that for a year. And then I came back and uh, joined M&M Orthopedics, which was acquired by DMG uh, in 2013. And here I am. Excellent. Thank you. And welcome to the show. My next guest today, he and I go back a long time, and I kind of giggle a little bit, uh, because uh, Larry, Larry Love and I, well, Larry's been on the show before a number of times, and, and when, I, when I think about, about today's theme of, of fall sports and injury prevention, when I was crafting the show, I kind of said, man, i got to have a guy that's out there who's in the thick of things and helping people train properly, prevent injury, and certainly rehabilitate. So I want to welcome my good friend, Mr. Larry Love. Uh, Larry is the owner of Total Body Wellness and Performance Incorporated. Larry, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back, Dr. G. Hey, hey, you bet. Larry, why don't you give us a little bit about your background? What's your story? Well, real quick, Dr. G, um, I did my undergrad at Illinois State University. It's an undergrad in athletic training and sports medicine and also uh, gained my master's in health and wellness psychology from the University of the Rockies. And that's been a great combination for dealing with the mental side and also the physical side. And uh, we just take a huge prevention to performance approach, whether it's a kid, whether it's an athlete, or whether it's just an everyday person looking to you know, gain more recreation in their life and optimize their lifestyle. Excellent. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for coming on the show. We're going to get into some nitty-gritty in a bit. But uh, again, I'm just excited to have this kind of discussion. Again, this goal of the show uh, is to really get people the tools out there, the, care, the parents that are out there with kids in school, kids playing sports, trying to enjoy sports, just the information that we can have for you. And then whatever kind of questions you guys have, you know, I encourage you to write things down and, and talk with your physicians about them. Talk with your healthcare practitioners. Talk with your chiropractor. Talk with your physician. Talk with whoever you entrust with your healthcare about this kind of a topic because, again, we always believe that prevention is the key to everything when it comes to healthcare. So each week when I have my panel here, I always talk about what's called the chief complaint. So I want to reintroduce that concept to any new listeners that are out there and certainly to remind 
old listeners about this concept. So each week we have a chief complaint, and the chief complaint in healthcare is when somebody comes into your office with that specific reason. And so I've kind of modified the chief complaint a little bit, fellas. And really, it's all, so the question of the hour, the chief complaint we're talking about today, is that now that fall sports are in full swing, how do we best prepare our children to avoid injury while simultaneously maximizing their ability to perform at the highest levels. So I want to start out with, with Dr. Derrico, um, give him the first question. Just describe, why don't you describe like a typical day as an orthopedic surgeon and how this kind of, this theme of fall sports and injury prevention really relates to what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Sure, uh, a typical day, uh, there's two typical days. Uh, one is when I go into the office and see patients that have had injuries and I usually uh, start my office at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning and you know anybody that's injured over the weekend they're the first folks that come in and see us and we always try to get them in especially our high school athletes in the areas that I treat and uh, you know we take care of them and you know in terms of uh, going in and asking what happened they kind of recreate their injury we usually get some x-rays do a full physical exam and, and figure out what's going on and try to get them feeling better uh, the other part of the day is surgery and uh, as an orthopedic surgeon I'm able to diagnose injuries and also treat them surgically as well and that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to go into orthopedics because I really wanted to um, take care of the whole person uh, on the clinical side and surgical side. And uh, that's something that I uh, feel strongly about and, and have a great time doing. And it's nothing better than getting an athlete back to their pre-level injury, uh, pre-level function uh, prior to their injury. And that, that just makes me feel so great when I can see a guy run around and say, Doc, thanks so much for getting me back. And that's what I do. Excellent. Larry Love, why don't you tell us about how this theme relates to you on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, it, it really resonates because I also have a, a two-part day. Uh, the first part of the day is normally clinical where there's some type of evalu evaluation where I've been referred uh, a client or a patient by such as Dr. G and Dr. D here. Um, and so in, in a clinic, we're looking for any type of evaluation of motor skill dysfunction, correcting any musculoskeletal injuries, but also optimizing movement. And a lot of times, particularly with, with youth athletes, movement patterns that are dysfunctional are really what create a lot of the injuries. And so the second part of the day is actually on the field. So what we're looking to do is, is really injury management. If anyone gets hurt, how do we manage that injury and maybe make the appropriate referral to the correct physician, but also What's their return to play? If they can return to play, that's an important delineation to make then and there. So it's kind of a two-part day. It's exciting. One day is more assessment. Uh, the other part of the day is actual on the field where you're, you know, you're doing sports medicine coverage to, to just make sure the athlete can safely return to play, and that's real important. Excellent. I know for me, one of the things as a primary care physician, and kind of like Dr. Derek, the phone rings Monday morning to your office, you're trying to trying to triage basically your staff is trying to triage people to get them in and so certainly injuries uh, as you've heard a million times you get a lot of that those weekend warriors but kids are active on the weekend a lot of sports and everything so the injuries happen so no doubt that the that the that the phone rings I know for mine as a primary care doctor I'm trying to make sure we get some things assessed a proper exam and then get them over to you as soon as possible so I want to ask you this question you know what's the challenges when you delay treating a potential injury oh sure um, delaying the injury or treatment to the injury really sets back the, the patient in terms of their rehab and getting better. Um, it's so critical to come in and I always tell my patients it's a lot easier to say, hey, don't worry about it, everything's okay, than, oh my gosh, what, what, what happened for the last three months and you came in to see me? 
Uh, I try to get the patients in as soon as possible when their injuries are you know, relatively new in order to get them back as soon as possible. Excellent. Well, so uh, it's interesting. So Larry, Larry Love, from his perspective, Larry is an athletic trainer, certified strength and conditioning coach. And, and, and you know, I know one of the things you always talk about is prevention, prevention, prevention. And so when I think about like prevention, uh, you know, we, we, we in, relate to health and sports, we break it down into three things, primary, secondary, and tertiary. And so it's interesting from a primary care pers perspective, I, th I think we always think about primary care preventing something, avoiding injury. Secondary is more like secondary prevention involves the early diagnosis and treatment once injuries occurred, and certainly that tertiary aspect of prevention is really related to the rehab itself and correcting any existing disability to get them back, as Dr. Derrico says, back to their pre-existing level of function. But uh, so Larry, let me ask you this question. Um, is there a best way to prevent injury from where you're coming from? Um, there, there's a two-part answer to that, but I kind of want to follow up on what, uh, what Dr. Derrico was stating. Please go ahead. Delaying, um, you know, addressing injuries. And I'm going to take it from the psychological approach because many times if someone has a lingering injury that they haven't really dealt with, that plays a havoc on them. I mean, there's five phases that they go through. You go through depression, you can go through anger, rationalization, until you finally accept the fact that, hey, you know what? I got something wrong with me. I need to have something done about this. So from a psychological perspective, delaying injury is not just physical, it's, it's mental as well. Now getting back to to your question, is there like a best way, you know, to prevent an injury? Um, really knowing that, you know what, you have one. That's that's the best way right there. And also getting the appropriate help. And not just the help, appropriate diagnosis from a qualified physician. Uh, not only a physician, but maybe one that specializes in a particular field. So, so to speak with Dr. Derrico, an orthopod. That's very key to address, you know, musculoskeletal injuries. And and I'm not saying that, you know, no doctor is qualified, but getting the appropriate care, uh, that's real key because now that doctor can then refer you to the right individual who can now carry out the journey of the rehab process or prevention to performance process. You know, I think as, as, as adults it's different because I'm mainly a lot in the adult world and, and probably the youngest patients that I have might be about 16 uh, years old, so you guys may have seen certainly a little bit of a, a younger group. It's easier for adults to kind of voice their injuries. Um, it's probably a little more harder in kids, especially if they're younger. They might not necessarily be as comfortable with their body. They might have might not be able to uh, obviously tell you those exact kind of words that you're looking for. Some of these red flags. How do you get around that, uh, Dr. Derrico? You know, there might be some parents out there listening today, thinking that something might be wrong with their kid, but they don't know if they if they, if they kids even tell the truth or anything like that or even when it comes to like adolescence you know to 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 admit that you got an injury if you're on the field you know that's kind of a sign of weakness sure uh, I, I definitely uh, look for cues when first when the patient comes and sees me you know I look for cues you know when I go through my physical exam and ask them what happened I, I take into account that you know kids might not be able to voice their concerns so a lot of patience is required and, and really trying to be a detective trying to really figure out what's going on if the patient feels, or the patient's mother or father feels that it's that important to come see me, then I have to figure out what's going on. And, and even if they say, you know, doc, I'm fine, or this or that, you know, you really have to t take it a cut step further and be as thorough as possible. Um, other things are facial cues. Uh, when I'm doing my physical exam, I'm always looking at the patient's face. 
uh, they may not say anything, but they may start jumping off the table, literally. That's right. You um, try to do like a provoking move. Oh yeah, and and the and the family is always like, well, they don't, they didn't say anything. And I was like, but you see them almost jump off the table. And they're like, yes, we did. And so little cues like that, and just trying to be as thorough as possible, knowing that there's probably something going on. Another thing is that if the uh, patient isn't doing, you know, their level of function in their sport, or they're or they're missing their targets in throwing a baseball, or they're not hitting their uh, gymnastics flips or routines, and something's wrong, or they're asking for you know ibuprofen in the middle of the night, and some some odd things just not right. Usually, it's time to come see someone like myself or you know a physician to see just exactly what's going on. Thank you, Larry Love. What's your take on that one? From an athletic training from an athletic training perspective, um, I really feel that kids kind of sometimes have this this confusion about what's pain, what's soreness, what's hurting, what's an injury. And having a team is really important. And when I say a team, a medical team. And so that's why it's important for youth organizations to have certified athletic trainers on site. So if there is an injury that occurs, they can go to the athletic trainer and then he or she can refer further to, uh, to have that dealt with or at the same time, you know, as I'm out there or any of my staff are out there, we're looking. You can see when a kid is just not moving right. Um, they may, you know, be slumped over a little bit or they may be lethargic. But I, I think it's real key to have clear and open, concise communication with the parents to so they know they can come to you and say, hey, you know what, Johnny's not quite right today, but we also need to be able to go to the parent and say, listen, Johnny shouldn't be participating today. This is who she, he or she needs to go see. It's their job is to also be compliant and follow up on that. And so that's a, that's a real big key, the follow-up after you say, hey, you're noticing something's going on. Let's follow up on this and go from there. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the high school uh, kind of scenarios and that are going on at the coast level after this brief uh, message. I uh, want to thank again to my Silver Level sponsor, Zynex Medical. Zynex Medical's Next, Next Wave is a prescription strength electrotherapy device that helps patients manage their pain symptoms and increase muscle functionality without the side effects of opioids. If your practice wants to make pain control a drug-free habit and is interested in learning how to prescribe, con contact your local Zynex representative, Lori Wilk, at Erico 331-454. 6482 and again Zynex Medical www So let's talk a little bit about what we're, we're talking about and because the reality is is you know kids nowadays are are pushed to perform and there's no doubt that the, the, the level of commitment at the high school level almost has the mindset of the commitment at a collegiate or pro level and so the reality is, is a lot of times we're seeing more and more injuries because of the rush to get back to play. But let's take a step back forward. forward. I'm going to ask this question to, to Larry Love. Uh, what, what's kind of the importance of, like, can you explain what is a, a functional movement screen or things that are like these pre-assessments before you get into the season that teams, coaches should be doing at this point? Yeah, that's a great question, Dr. G. So when we take any uh, movement assessment or a screen, what we're looking for is simply what the show is about. We want to see is there any injuries that are potentially present? Is there any movement patterns that are dysfunctional? Is there any asymmetry of strength? And so when we talk about an athlete or any 
person that participates in movement, we want to see that their mobility is even on both sides. We want to see that they have balance. We also want to see that their strength is congruent on both sides. A lot of times you'll have a kid who's an excellent athlete that progresses to a team, but what happens once they get into high school, they're like, man, this person is plateaued out. That's because some assessment has been overlooked as some potential muscle imbalance, and that will catch up with you. And that's why it's so important to have something as simple as a screen. A lot of uh, parents will say, ah, you know, my kid's fine. But once you get into the screening process, it really will, will show you if there's some dysfunction. And if dysfunction can be corrected at the earliest stages, now you can have injury prevention and now you can have optimal progression to optimal performance. So Dr. Derrico, what's your what's your thoughts on this one where it's like, you know, you may have a you may have again pressures from maybe at the coaching level or maybe just some inherent pressures that the kid might have themselves knowing that they may be injured and then they want to get back right away. Um, maybe they say, Oh I'm fine. But, you know, sometimes, you know, let's be honest, sometimes people don't tell the truth. Let's be honest, people don't tell the truth in life sometimes <laughs> and, and you know, they go back, they go, they rush to get back and then Maybe they do okay, but maybe they don't do okay. Yeah, it's, it's a tough situation. You know, being, being a, a team physician uh, for a local high school and, 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 and seeing a lot of patients that are in season, um, I always have that, that conversation up front with the patient and the, the parent uh, at the initial visit. I say, hey, you know, this is probably a four-week injury, uh, but, you know, you're, I'm gonna come, I'm, I want you to come back and see me in two weeks and we'll see how you feel. However, there may be a chance you're not better. And if you're not better... All you're going to be doing is injuring yourself further if you go back too soon because we're going to have to start this whole thing over again. And, and when you start that clock over, now instead of two weeks or three weeks, you're out, you're out six, seven weeks. And, you know, high school seasons are about nine or ten weeks apiece. So you're basically, you know, taking yourself out of the whole season by rushing back too quickly. And again, I think it's a, a you know it's interesting. I don't necessarily get asked that kind of question as a primary care physician because usually those questions I defer to you guys because <laughs> you guys are the experts on that one. But but every now and then I'll get somebody and say, you know, Doc, can you clear my kid to to do things? And I'm like, hey, you know, your kid had an injury. I can read the report from you, uh, Dr. Derrico, or whatever. And they might come back and see me. And I'm like, well, you know, you really should talk to. Um, uh, the specialist, you should talk to Dr. Derrico, talk to one of his colleagues to get the clearance out there. But I, sometimes I get that feeling, it's like, I mean, and the coach, coach wants you back, the, the parent wants him back because maybe they got somebody looking at them, the scout's coming in, they're a high school junior. You know, it's just, it's, just, it's just tough. It's a tough situation to be in because you don't want to protect somebody from themselves. What's your thoughts, Larry, on that? Well, a, a couple things. Um, you do have parents that uh, will kind of rush the process and I always go back to the mental part of things. You, you do have a lot of parents who are vicariously living through their kids. And that rush to return to play can sometimes uh, not be most appropriate. The other thing that, um, that I think we want to look at, too, is we have a lot of kids that are specializing so soon in sport, okay? And that specialization is, is hurting them more than it's helping them. You know, back in the day, it used to be real vogue to have a three-sport athlete, but was, what was great about that, it gave your body different movement opportunities, different movement patterns. It, it, it prevented you from having just such an overuse and, and, and performing a certain movement day in and day out. So your body developed, you know, to its totality. Now you have kids that, and we'll just take baseball, for instance. If you're throwing a baseball all year, of course you're going to have elbow and shoulder issues as you progress. 
football is the same way. Um, you know, you can do as much weight training as you want, but at some point, that's why we have an in-season, an off-season, a post-season, and a preseason. And when people follow those delineations and those rules, then they're probably going to get a really good product. A lot of times, more is not necessarily better. And from that approach, that's where the qualified professionals come into play. That's the team approach. You need a, a great doc. You need a, a great athletic trainer. You need a great performance coach. You also need a great recovery specialist, too, because that's what's going to allow, you know, tissues to heal, uh, reduce a lot of inflammation that occurs with overuse and just from participating in sport. And we're seeing a lot of stuff, you know, obviously we're in football season, uh, big time, and uh, girls soccer is going on. There's just a lot of things going on at so many levels. And, and there's so many steps that are out there that people can take to really protect themselves. Dr. Durgo, what are some just kind of general guidelines you might advise your patients? Just say, hey, I'm, I just want to not get injured. Or what are some simple steps that people can do to listen to their bodies and hopefully to try to avoid injury? Oh, sure. I, I think even, even in the high school uh, kind of age range, I think it's very critical to stretch, you know, before you, you start doing explosive movements. Uh, I see a lot of, um, you know, musculoskeletal injuries, of course, um, and other things is to ramp up activities. Uh, so stretching uh, is one, and ramping up activities, specifically in cross-country. Uh, the fall season of cross-country starts, and I typically see, you know, 10 kids that come in, say, oh, I started having shin splints. Uh, and I said, well, what'd you do this summer? Oh, nothing. And how many miles are you running now? 40 to 50 a week. And so it, it would hurt anybody, you know? And, and I'm like, hurting right now. Right, right. And unfortunately, I, I also have a difficult conversation with some people and saying that specifically cross country is that you may not be able to run 40 to 50 miles a week. Like, that's not what God intended, you know? Right. And, and so unfortunately, some folks have to switch sports. But it, just listening to your body and ramping up your activities and stretching and doing proper form. Uh, you know, in, in terms of football, you know, tackling appropriately, you know, doing things in a safe manner uh, is, is critical in order to prolong your career. We talked a little bit earlier about, uh, about this kind of preseason uh, screening, you know, making sure you review a good history and physical. Uh, you know, that's one of the important things that we try to do from a primary care perspective to make sure there may not have been some, something that may have been overlooked. But what about the importance of, like, screening people, like a season analysis, like you're in the middle of the season, how important is it to just kind of refresh, you know, the kids? Maybe they didn't have any injuries, or maybe you have picked up something, Dr. Gerber, this question is for you. But, but how important is it to just continue to have a continual analysis, maybe periodically through the season? Oh, I think it's very critical. I, I work with, uh, you know, the athletic trainers uh, at the school I take care of uh, and, and athletic trainers around in general, and, and they're really the lifeline for our patients. You know, they, they see me maybe once or twice, but they have almost daily interaction with athletic trainers. I think that it's critical to have a great athletic trainer on staff, and, and they're going to be the, our eyes and ears. You know, they're going to say, uh, like you were saying before, you know, if someone's just not looking right or not doing something right, and they can pick that up and, and then alert us so we can kind of intervene before anything uh, happens, you know, serious. Excellent. Well, I want to ask this question to Dr. Uh, to, sorry, doctor, to Larry Love. Uh, not a doctor yet, but it's all. But you know, you know, I have a, you have a ton of knowledge. So, I mean, you, you, when we talk, we have this very high level discussion. As is, if you were uh, um, uh, a clinician of that level, because you just you're around it so often, sure. so you kind of learn a lot by just doing it. But I want to ask you this question: um, Is there? You know, so I'm going to this idea again, people are compelled to play. And so what happens if you play through pain? Yeah, 
that 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 happens more often than not and and playing through pain uh, presents a couple issues for one you can further the injury for two you're going to expedite the inflammatory process and three you're going to prevent the the, the length of healing okay uh, when you continue to play through an injury that needs to be addressed by sitting out or addressed through uh, rehabilitation or addressed through modalities of icing and different things like that, you, you're just prolonging a potential, uh, not prolonging, you're actually uh, instigating a potential injury that's, that's going to happen at a, at a greater degree. When that happens, you're going to be out even longer. Uh, sometimes it may be even catastrophic to the point that it may be season ending. So as an athletic trainer, uh, we're real, real key on, on really putting injuries in perspective. There's things that, um, like I said, there's a difference between being hurt and injured. And uh, with those two delineations, you know, we, we never want anyone to go out on a, the practice field, the playing field, the court, or into competition where they have an injury that's going to get worse by continuing to, partic to participate. Yeah. Uh, the, the, stats, the stats, you can't lie against the stats. I mean, the stats tell us that since the year 2000, there's been a five-fold increase in the number of, of, of injuries specifically related to serious shoulder and elbow injuries, and we see that in the baseball and softball players. And a lot of that could be related to, as you're saying, the, the, um, the specialization at a young age of, of athletics. How do we kind of avoid, you know, obviously there's so many factors that are driving that, whether it's a drive, the drive for success, or parents live vicariously through their kids, or, or for a lot of different reasons. How do we just, oh, I mean, are there solutions out there to try to have your kid be a little more broader in their, in their scope? Because at the same time, I know some of these coaches will be like, well, we're not going to give your kid the light of day. We're not going to look at your kid unless he's had, he or she's done this, this, and that. Otherwise, they're not going to make the team. How do we kind of get about that, get around that, knowing that there's so many injuries out there? Dr. Darigo. Yeah, it's a tough situation. It's, and we've seen in our orthopedic uh, community or the literature that there's been an explosion of ACL tears and, and things like that. And, and unfortunately, like, like you were saying before, the best thing you can do for a, a child is to have free play. And where's free play? You know, there's a lot of different factors that involve that, and, and, and that's decreased a lot. Uh, and, and the over-specialization of sports at a young age, we see that all the time. I see elbow injuries, shoulder injuries, like we were saying before. Uh, and, and it's just to let the parents know that, you know, if you're, like you are saying, throwing a ball every single day, for seven, eight months, something's going to happen, and so and so you have to have some type of um, diversity in, in in the sports that you play or the movements that you do, and even if it's just you know train boxing or something like something in the off season, something different than than what you're doing, you know something that could have a different movement pattern. It's so critical, and I'm sure if you let the parent, if you have a decent conversation with the parents. And tell them that they're at increased risk. You know, Johnny might get his, you know, elbow, you know, injured significantly if we don't change things up. I think that's so critical. And it's just having a frank conversation with the parents, I think, is very critical. I know when uh, when I was a kid playing up, uh, I growing up, I was uh, playing. I, my, my folks got me involved in a lot of different things. We played soccer, we did baseball, football, basketball. And growing up here in the Midwest, uh, you know, I thought that, that that when you had that kind of diversity, as you mentioned, Dr. Derrico, 
that made things a lot more, it made it fun. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm worried about kids now as they keep going through this specialization, that it takes the fun out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, we want kids to be kids. I did a show a couple weeks ago, we talked about the importance of play, and you just mentioned the word free play. It's, it's gone to the wayside, mm -hmm. and hopefully there's ways to bring that back, because there's the, there's the developmental aspects of that, there's, there's so many other beneficial things that happen when you allow for that free play, but it's, you know, at the same time we're up against something that, um, that is much more challenging than we think, but hopefully as caregivers, we're not trying to fall into some of those peer pressures. Larry Love, what's your thoughts on just uh, this moment's <laughs> idea of like, we need to get more free play back into our kids when it comes to helping them out with, with life and sports? Um, I'm definitely an advocate for it, and to uh, piggyback on what, uh, what Dr. Derrico and you were saying earlier, it, it's, it's so key that we're in this age of informatics and analytics, and we do that with, okay, you know what, this person, you know, shoots this percentage behind 15 feet on a basketball court. This person runs a 4-plus or sub 440 or whatever, if that's possible. But th the thing is, is we, we put informatics and analytics into performance, but that whole informatics and analytics, parents don't always listen to when it comes to injuries. And I, I think it's really key that we go ahead and have these serious conversations with parents so instead of a parents' meeting being how we can raise money for, you know, a fundraiser, it needs to be, okay, these are the things that your kid should and should not be doing if they want to, you know, progress. Two key words that, um, that gets a parent's attention, can't play. And when you tell a parent that and say, hey, your kid is at risk for not being able to play, not just today, but in the future, that really gets their attention. Uh, you know, moving moving forward, I, I really believe that free play, it, it still reminds me of when we were kids, when we just went out and we went to the park and climbed yeah. on the monkey bars and went down the slides or you were riding your bike for no reason. Um, I, we're in that, that age of Xbox and PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And so the sedentary opportunities for kids, their mind is working, it's stimulated on a game, but their bodies are not working and moving. So I blame the parents a little bit. Um, you know, nothing's wrong with PlayStation and Xbox. Limit that time that they do that. Encourage them to get up and go outside. Encourage them to be in family-oriented activities. Sometimes if the family gets involved, that'll spark the kid to maybe try something a little new or different because they go to school and they have in their mind that, okay, after school, I'm going to get on PlayStation, Xbox, and then i got to go off to practice. And it becomes very mundane for them. So sometimes it takes a family to be a little bit more creative, getting some family activities going, you know, getting some diversity to spark the kids' interest in a different way to, to advocate, you know, free play. We were talking about a lot of the challenges of the modern-day student athlete. It's different mm -hmm. than what we did. Let me ask you guys a question. Uh, Dr. Jericho, did you play sports growing up? I did. What would you play? Uh, I, I played a little bit of everything. Uh, in high school, I was a baseball player. I swam, and I played football. All right. And Larry Love? played everything as well um, but after after my junior year I specialized in just basketball okay. and so I could not remember a season where I was not busy with a different sport and uh, that's what made it fun because today's today's society is different from our society back in the day you had athletes that could play any sport now you have specialized sports participants trying to become athletic and that's going to be the dividing line of why a kid doesn't make a D1 school because they're not as athletic anymore. They've specialized too early. 
And so they've lost that opportunity to have athletic performance and they become exposed. Yeah. This segment is brought to you by our uh, Silver Level sponsor, Health on Earth Wellness Center, LLC. The chiropractic care offered at Health on, Health on Earth Wellness Center, LLC in Crestwood, emphasizes the importance of improving your health in an effort to reduce the risk of pain and illness. As a patient at Health on Earth Wellness Center, LLC, we will personally tailor a chiropractic and wellness program specifically targeted to your needs using the least invasive yet highly effective techniques and services. For more information, visit us at www.healthonearth.live. Thank you to them for helping us out today. So I want to ask this question. How does nutrition, where do you see, like, Dr. Derrico, this question for you, where do you see nutrition coming into play? Because that's something, obviously, that's not really talked about much at the high school level. It should be. But, you know, we, you know, the difference between, like, a, 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 a kid who's 6'10", who could dunk a basketball, um, and somebody who can is obviously the difference that they, more, they can dunk a basketball. But it doesn't actually mean that an athlete, an athlete has the best kind of other kind of lifestyles. We think about the, the, the athletic the athlete themselves, or oh my gosh, oh, LeBron James, who, who, who's on another level of nutrition and wellness. But you can be, you can dunk a basketball and eat McDonald's every day, and you're still gonna make the team. But let's talk about nutrition a little bit. What's your kind of general approach to to uh, kids and adolescents when, when it comes to nutrition? Sure, I think nutrition is critical. Uh, you know, I, I I typically see it in the first game of the year in football where kids cramp up like crazy, like. It's like clockwork. Every single time I've been taking care of, uh, you know, Montini High School for the last eight years, every single first game of the year, at least one or two kids are cramping from both teams. And, uh, you know, and then the trainer asks, you know, what would you eat today? Oh, Cheetos, you know, I had some, <laughs> some uh, you know, some Mountain Dew. And, and, right. and, so, and so it's so critical to have a, a well-balanced diet, uh, great, get great hydration, and that'll decrease your risk of getting those injuries. Um, it'll decrease your... Uh, it'll decrease a lot of different things, and so uh, nutrition is very important. And I think from, from a primary care physician standpoint, I mean, I, I, I have the same concepts that I tell my adolescents to that I tell my adults. Uh, you know, a couple of things. Number one, get sleep. Uh, yeah. The modern student day athlete likes to stay awake a lot, and maybe it's because of getting the Xbox and places, but mm -hmm. you got to rest. Um, um, eat some square meals. Um, eat some vegetables in that diet. I know it's not the most important thing that kids want to do, is eat some vegetables, but, but your nutrition is so centerpiece here. Protein, you know, limiting your carbohydrate intake, eat, drinking a ton of water. Not a lot of water because, you know, you should drink when you're thirsty, but don't overdo it because if you drink too much water, there is a condition known as hyponatremia, which can be a dangerous condition if you're really doing it. But, 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 but we want to say we, we need more guidance in that kind of part, kind of point of things. Larry Lowe, what do you kind of tell some of the clients that come into your office about nutrition, especially some of the kids that are out there? Yeah. Uh, well, particularly... Um I work with a lot of uh, youth organizations and, for instance, the Downers Grove Panthers and a lot of kids, like Dr. Derrico said, you say, hey, what you eat today? Mom's the word, right? And part of that, though, they don't know what to eat. And so providing those informatics to their parents of, okay, what's a pregame meal? Maybe what's a postgame recovery meal? What's something they can have that's, you know, if they've been in school all day and they, you know, they only have had lunch and now they're about to go to practice, what should they eat? And, uh, and you're right, there does need to be enough hydration, not overhydration. But I also think, you know, people, uh, carbs get a bad word, but no, carbs are not bad. Carbs that are not burned are bad. <laughs> and so if you're an athlete, you need some carbohydrates in you to sustain, you know, a particular, you know, task over a period of time. 
And also, if they don't, if the kids or athletes don't have any allergies, I mean, there's there's a lot of simple fixes. I mean, a simple peanut butter and honey sandwich, you know, takes you a, a long way. Um, but also, what I what I really see in particular uh, with with kids, they don't need a, a lot, but they need something. Um, and part of the problem is is they're just not getting anything. And so. When you can um, provide different, you know, pregame meals for the parents, I think that helps them out a lot. Yeah, so, and it comes on the educa education Absolutely. as well, too. Absolutely. Uh, what, what are some things that, that, that schools can be doing right now to kind of promote healthy eating, uh, not just for the, the, I mean, obviously we're talking today about student-athletes, but, but just, for, just for kids as, as a whole. What, what are some things that schools can be doing for their athletes to support them from a nutrition standpoint? Larry? Well, first of all, um, you have to provide the, the things that you want the kids to eat. Um, the vending machines, I don't know if you've seen a vending machine in the high school lately, they've really changed their tune. It used to be pop and candy. Now there's more, you know, heart-healthy uh, snacks in there. There's also more protein-oriented snacks, uh, less of the sugars, less of the pops. Um, I'm not a proponent for or against Gatorade. I think it has its place, but at the same time, the amount of sugar that these athletes or you know, kids in general are intaking, if they don't have total access to all that sugar, that's going to help them. Also, in a cafeteria, uh, back in the day, it used to be pizza and fries, right? Now, you know, they're offering salads. They're offering, um, you know, uh, lean cuts of meat. So we have to be able to provide these kids with the, with the right nutrients if we expect them to ingest the, the right nutrients. Dr. Derrico, do you see things from, because you've been experienced with a lot of work with the high school level, is there any incorporation now of nutrition into just general programs, football, basketball, things like that? Are you seeing it, or do we need to just do a better job of doing that? Well, I think we need to do a better job. Um, you know, I, I see it at, you know, at the school I take care of. You know, they provide, you know, fruit at halftime uh, for the kids, some waters, you know, some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, uh, just to get them hydrated and give them some energy for the second, second half. And that's critical, too. Um, but overall, I think... You know, what Larry was saying is so critical, uh, so important, and, and I think if they do that, then it'll go a step towards, uh, you know, fighting this problem. So I want to ask this question, and I'll ask this question back, back to you, Dr. Derrico. Uh, a lot of times we talk about, you know, the difference we're talking about, you know, what can we do today to help our kids prevent injury, and then hopefully at the same time while maximizing their athletic performance. And we know that fatigue contributes a lot to injury. You know, people might be, a kid might be running down the football field or somebody's swimming in the, in the pool and they know that they get fatigued and then, and then the, their form may change and an injury happens. How are we, what, what are some things that we're doing now to kind of educate the kids this way or just to try to prevent uh, injury from just lack of form or tiring out and maybe you know, get tackled wrong because you're tired and then now the injury happens. So how, what are we doing right now to combat kind of fatigue or how are we training? Are we training differently for these kids? Are we preparing them differently? Well, I think uh, a lot of it goes into recognizing that you're tired and letting the coach know, okay. you know, speaking up. Uh, another thing is a lot of core training. Uh, core training is, is, is very important in all different sports. And that, and, and if you strengthen the core, you know, you do have a chance to, you know, kind of push through uh, and, and, and successfully complete a game or, you know, a week of practice or something like that. Exactly. Uh, uh, Larry Love, are you are you seeing the same kind of kind of thing as well too? Actually, technique, form, getting compromised when you're fatigued, and then now that leading to injury. Uh, exactly, uh, but like Dr. Derrico stated, um, you know, core strengthening is key, and so that's going to be one of the first breakdowns you notice in an athlete. 
Um, either they're moving differently, they're absorbing a hit differently, their explosion is a little bit different. Um, so their, their whole optimal opportunities, you, you really see them degrade. Um, but, but the other thing too is anytime we have an, an athlete that may have a breakdown, it's really important that everybody's eyes are on the athletes. You know, it's not just the athletic trainer, it's not just the, the attending physician. The coach should be watching too. That's why he or she has assistant coaches. Now we get the parents because you know how parents are when it's their kid and something, they're like, my kid, you know, check them yeah, out. They're right? going to pay attention, they gonna pay attention right? And so I, I always say this, and I, you know, at all the, you know, the, the meetings at the beginning of the year, I say, listen, it takes a team approach to really help these athletes be the best they can be. I think the other thing, too, is educating everyone and them understanding that, you know, practice doesn't have to be five days a week. You can have four day a weeks of, a four day a week of practice have one day of recovery, you know, one day of just nothing. So I think as we evolve and, and understanding that more is not necessarily better, but the intensity that you get out of the kid while you have them, that's what's important. Dr. Derrico, let me ask you this question. I mean, we, are, we live in the age of certainly tech. We're seeing a lot, uh, and certainly from a medical standpoint, we're seeing a lot, a lot more, more tech use and everything. We get these now these uh, these three Tesla MRIs. We've got this. Uh, we've got. Um, Portable ultrasound, obviously, it's got even better resolution. How are you using tech now? How are you using like medical tech imaging devices now in the diagnosis of sports-related injuries? Uh, you know, I, I typically use MRIs for a, a lot of injuries in terms of the shoulder and knee. Um, ultrasound has definitely come into play, and it's a it's a very good modality. Uh, the only thing about ultrasound is that you have to have someone that knows how to do it very well performing it, and it's kind of user uh, limited. Uh, but if you have someone that performs it all the time, then I think it's a great idea. It's, it's less, it's, it's a non-invasive thing, uh, and it's a little bit quicker than an MRI, and it gives you almost the same information. Uh, and those things are, are very important, too. Yeah, I, see, I, feel, I feel like uh, um, a colleague of mine, he's, uh, he's the team doctor for uh, USA Rugby, and, uh, and I've looked at some of the things that he's done on social media, and, and uh, he's uh, had, and he does, he's, he does ultrasound right, right away so you can get that access to somebody right away but it goes back to what you were saying earlier that it's so important to get that diagnosis the right 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 away so you can have a right treatment plan correct no without a doubt excellent uh larry love are you seeing anything from your end um tech from a new tech new techniques from an athletic training perspective and helping people prevent from getting injury yeah so the, the there's simple modalities that like a foam roller you know for myofascial release and now there's these theraguns that are out that, you know, really, you know, pop, 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 pop across the muscle, um, which is, is really key for, for healing a lot of injuries. Um, the, the, the other thing that we're seeing, and it's, it's not techie or anything, but it's just simply, um, you know, Fitbits, you know, different things like that. How many calories have you expended today? You know, what's your, you know, how many calories have you intaken? What's your expenditures and I'm, I'm an old school guy but two things that never hurt ice and heat those those still work right they're not they're you not are techie. old school I, I, am. I, 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 am. Tech and ice and I, I am but it's not techie but um but there are some advancements i mean upon our practice act mm -hmm. i mean there's only so much that you know we can do but um yeah, so that's that's my take Excellent. on it. Yeah. But what I want to do, I want to go into a section that I call Myths versus Facts, and this is something that I brought on the show uh, a few months ago, and I try to do it every time I have a show, if, if, if it's related to that. 
but it's a time for us to kind of dispel some myths out there, because I swear, as a primary care physician, I'm spending half my day breaking down myths, dispelling myths. So, so I've got this myths versus facts injury prevention style. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask both of you guys, and I'll just pick on you one at a time. I'm going to say, state a statement, and then you're either going to say myth or fact, and then maybe give us a one or two uh, sentence reason why. So here we go. Jermo, please. All right. Oh. Dr. Derrico, here you go. Myth versus fact. Injury prevention style. All right. Here's a, here's a statement. Being strong will prevent injury. Myth. All right. Do you care to explain a little bit more? Well, it, it, it's, it's kind of a vague thing. Yeah, but, it is vague. But in terms of being strong, uh, that could be a couple different ways. Uh, quickly, uh, being strong uh, in your upper body but not in your core increases your risk of injury. Being strong, uh, trying to be strong but, but not being smart, that, that'll increase your risk of injury too. Excellent. Thank you. Here you go. Uh, Larry Love, Myth versus Facts. Um, it's okay to play through pain. Myth. All right, please tell us a little bit more. Give us another one or two sentences on that one. Myth plus. <laughs> uh, playing through pain is never okay if you have not been properly assessed. Uh, once you've been properly assessed to, to know the, de the degree of what's going on, then your return to play is contingent upon that. Okay. Next one, here's for Dr. Derrick. I specifically have this question for you, the Smith versus Fact. Because and these are things, by the way, that people will tell me, and I've kind of compiled different ideas on Miss versus Facts and to try to try to uh, help give people the right information. So here we go. This is sort of a medical question. Right, here we go. Glucosamine rebuilds damaged knee cartilage. Is that a myth or a fact, or what do we know? It's actually a, a myth. Uh, we, we had a we had a big study back in 2009 when I first started in orthopedics that says the glucosamine chondroitin doesn't it doesn't hurt people, but it doesn't necessarily help them more than uh, you know a placebo or a sugar pill or you know something like that. Excellent, I agree with you 100. I try to I try to block that much, but I, but I tell people, hey, even even to some of my adolescents, hey, if you want to, well, really, adolescents shouldn't be dealing with something loss of cartilage at that point at that young age. But I think about my adult population and say, hey, you can give it a try, but there's not really a lot of evidence behind it. Uh, here we go, Larry Love, myth versus fact. Here we go. A person should work out every day. Fact. And the fact is, is working out is not about the same intensity. It's about diversity. So some days you can have low intensity. Some days you can have high intensity. Some days it could be resistance. Some days it could be just stretching. Some days it could just be balance. So having a diversity of movement patterns and kind of how you treat your body will do it good. I'm a big believer just keep it, get the body moving. I try to tell my patients and my allies, just get Get 5,000 steps in. That's just kind of my own Dr. G approach, but like Absolutely. keep the body moving and make it personal on how you want to do it. Myth versus fact. Here you go, Dr. Derrico. Running is bad for the knees and other joints. <laughs> You're getting all the good ones. <laughs> I right. I'll specifically pick it up, Dr. Derrico. Right. I'm going to say uh, myth. Uh, if you don't, with a caveat, if you don't have a knee problem, if you don't have a hip problem, if you don't have a low back problem, it's fine. But if you do have those problems, it's probably not something you want to pick up. Excellent. <laughs> All right, next one. Here you go. Um, um, Larry Love. Uh, here's a statement. My child has a high tolerance for pain. According to who? <laughs> I'm gonna so I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that myth, okay? For the simple fact that uh, tolerance of pain is very subjective, 
But that still has no bearing on if a kid is returning to play, if they have any pain threshold or not, will it prevent further injury? And so I'm going to say that's that's a myth. Okay, here we go. Next myth versus fact. Dr. Derrick, we've got a couple more. Uh, here we go. It's okay to pop painkillers. These are things that people tell me. Right. <laughs> uh, it, so again, myth, depending on what they're popping, uh, it's okay to take some anti-inflammatory medication, uh, provided they don't have any high blood pressure or you know something along those lines. Yeah, I say, don't, you've got a gastric history, a gastric ulcer, so exactly. don't be taking that, and uh, if you have right. renal insufficiency, right? There's a lot of things, right? Right. So there's a lot of things. So I would say, you know, you probably shouldn't do those. Things. Okay. Here we go, Larry Love. Here you go. Myth versus facts. Uh, orthotic inserts work wonders. Well, I'm going to go middle of the road on that. Okay. So if they're store-bought orthotics, they probably won't work wonders. If they're, if they're custom orthotics, they have a better chance of working. Thank you. Yeah. And I'll ask the last myth versus fact to Dr. Derrico. Here we go. Um, and we might have already covered it, but we'll just say it again. Uh, here's a statement. I can never drink too much water. Oh, well, we already know that. From, from listening to you, Dr. Yeah, yeah, G, we yeah, know that's yeah, not right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You can get yourself to a dangerous condition known as hyponatremia, uh, and they can really throw your electrolytes out of balance. It can lead to a whole bunch of other uh, complications as well, too. So I tell people, when you're thirsty, drink. You know, don't have to force it. When you're thirsty, you drink. Your body's telling you, I need to drink something. All right, so we've got about five minutes left. So what I want to do is I want to wrap things up. And so this has been just a great discussion with you guys. I'm so glad that we were able to connect uh, on, the, on today's topic. Of fall injury and sports, uh, fall sports and injury prevention. Uh, but I want to wrap this up. So we talked about in the beginning the uh, the chief complaint on why people are uh, the question of the hour that we've been dealing with: how do we prevent injury while maximizing function? Um, but the assessment and plan—that's how we kind of do things in the medical standpoint. And so the assessment and plan is when people come in and we just kind of give them their diagnosis and kind of their treatment strategy. So I'm going to start with Larry Love. Let's wrap this up. Give me, a, give me like three key take-home points for consumers out there, people that are listening to the show, consumers of healthcare, to be successful when it comes to best preparing their kids to avoid injury and have fun with their sports. That's a great question, Dr. G. So we're going to take it from three different perspectives. The first one is correction. If there's anything that needs to be corrected from a strength deficit, movement deficit, we want to address that. Second one, we want to go protection. Protection is where the real injury prevention takes place. We'll just use the rotator cuff as an example, simply doing internal, external rotation with a soup can or something like that. And then the third one is progression, progression to optimal performance. Excellent. And that's it in a nutshell. Dr. Derrico, give us a couple of take-home points for parents out there, caregivers, to make sure that their kids are successful with their sports but also preventing injury. Well, I think that, uh, again, you, you have to set a goal for your, your child as to what they want to do and what they want to accomplish. Uh, they have to uh, do great form. Uh, they have to listen to their coaches. And uh, they have to also tell their parents if they are having something going on. Uh, and it's like we've you know, touched on before, it's so critical and so important to see somebody if something's not right. Excellent. My kind of take home points as fouls. You know, children need special attention and care when participating in sports. We know that injury prevention is a safety and a public health goal. And when you have, when you have success in that aspect, it leads to better chances of being successful in life and have, having a sustained quality of life. So I want to thank my guests today, 
Dr. Greg Derrico, board-certified orthopedic surgeon, DuPage Medical Group, www.dupagemedicalgroup.com. Check him out. I've known him for a long time. He's an excellent orthopedic surgeon. Mr. Larry Love, athletic trainer, certified strength and conditioning coach, owner of Total Body Wellness and Performance Incorporated. Check him out, www.totalbodywellness.net. I want to thank my Silver Level sponsors, Zynex Medical and Health on Earth Wellness, LLC. Next week on the show, we're going to be concluding my Back to School Health Series. We're going to be talking about Part 3, Dental and Oral Health Care. You guys know me, Dr. G. Check me out on my website, www.drmarkgomez.com. My handle's on social media, at to your health, Dr. G. Peace out.